Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash. They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell. Dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master Kevin. Going around the table, Blake. Hey, I'm Blake. I'll be playing Juliet, the Dragonborn Eldritch Knight slash Wizard. And Hannah. I'm Hannah and I'll be playing Talia, the Human Rogue. And John. Hello, I play Lunadas, Elven Monk, who is playing Jacques McSweeney at the Grand McSweeney, a Dwarven Merchant. Even Teddy is a Dwarven Beard. That is so meta. Yep. <laughs> and Shane. That's me playing Alexander the Human Bard. And this week, uh, Anna is not going to be able to join us, but hopefully we will get her back next week. She is having some internet issues. So, last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, uh, you had left the inn and hired a boat to take you out of Woodbine. Uh, down the river to Luskane or Kala. Uh, the boat captain, Yev, said he could take you as far as Hedgedale, so you paid him and hopped on board and headed on down the river. After a, a couple of stops, because it's going to take you a couple of days to get to Hedgedale, you find yourselves uh, at a large clearing that looks as if it had been used as a campsite. Uh, by multiple people over the years um, there's even some structures that have been built here and a large fire pit uh, while you are unpacking the boats and getting your dinner together three figures appeared it appeared 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 out of the woods uh, carrying a deer uh, turns out they are some half-elf hunters from the south uh, who are making their way here to the clearing to camp for the night uh, they offered to uh, share their venison, and uh, Yev offered to share his L. And uh, after a large meal and uh, this uh, exhausting boat trip down the river, since uh, some of you may have not be used to traveling on the waves, um, you find yourselves ready to sleep um, because... Uh, after the trip here and the battles in the Fey, you're, you've been pretty weary. And uh, the boat hasn't been comfortable, even though the uh, hunters and the boatmen are laughing and getting loud as they drink. Um, you're going to lie down and uh, you almost instantly fall asleep as your head hits the, uh, the pillow. Alexander, you drifted off to sleep and strangely you have a dream about your mom and your dad. And you think it's strange because you haven't thought about them in a long time. Then the dream changes and you're back inside the void in that dagger. And the darkness here is oppressive. Except for the faint purple glow on the horizon that's barely visible. Um, 
until you adjust your eyes and even then the glow exists kind of like in your peripheral vision and uh, it seems to disappear as you try to focus on it you can now hear faintly your mother and your father wailing in the distance crying out for mercy and calling your name and they're screaming why why Alexander why did you do this to us and you think to yourself, I don't, do I care that much about my parents? I mean, I try to say I don't, and they've done you wrong so many times, but that isn't true. Not exactly. Maybe deep down, maybe you feel something for them. This is a terrible dream, and maybe I'll just wake up. And you try, but there's something different about this. And you realize it's no ordinary nightmare. And the wailings and the accusations and pleas for mercy continue for what seems like days. You try to cover your ears, but it doesn't help. Until you, until you feel more than see an even darker shadow against the black start to approach you. And then it's to your right. And then it's to your left. And you turn around and it's behind you. Then you turn around again and the shadows surrounded you. And then you're going to hear this low rumble that gets louder and louder until the ground starts to shake. And then you feel this rumbling inside you until you feel like you're being shaken apart. And then a pain. And then the rumbling stops. And then you hear a long exhale. And the previous still air feels like a hurricane force wind. You fight it and almost tumble over. And then it stops. And then in front of you, you see a pair of faintly glowing yellow eyes the size of wagon wheels. And then six more smaller eyes the size of your fist that hover in the darkness. And a voice screams inside your head. You cover your ears, but it doesn't lessen the rattling going on inside your head. And it says, I tire of this mortal. Many times you've had the opportunity to feed me and have failed, either from your incompetence or your cowardice. I offered you power, and this is what you serve in return? I guess. <laughs> there's a roar and the same bone shattering rubble starts again and a few moments later it subsides and then Ornan says again I hunger it's been days since I fed you will feed me I demand it and you will be punished for your neglect. And then you feel a burning in your hands and it crawls up your arms and you look down and see those black veins have returned. Nornon screams, I will have you slowly, bit by bit, until you are a gibbering madhouse. But before that, I will have anyone close to you and anyone you have ever cared about, just like poor Jack. And then there's another roar, 
feel like you'll be torn apart and then you're awake. Gasping for breath, you think, God, what a terrible dream. But you look down and the dagger's in your hand and the black veins from the dream are running from your hand to your elbow and it burns. I'm going to need you to give me a charisma saving throw. I have the capability. Nice. 21. All right. So you hear a scream in your head from Ornon that says, You dare defy me? And you look down and the black veins spread up to your bicep. And you have no control over your hand as you slice your wrist with the dagger. And the pain is unbearable. You try to scream, but the sound doesn't come out. You watch as your now blackish blood seeps into the dagger. Then the world becomes a narrowing black tunnel as you lose control of your body. Need you to uh, roll me a d10. D10? Yep. Seven. So, first of all, you're going to take 12 points of necrotic damage. Dang. And then, in your tunnel vision, you're going to look around the camp and everyone's asleep. And then you hear Ornon say, Who should I take first? And then you are going to move across the campsite here over behind Ren, this hunter that you met earlier. Give me one more charisma save. Ren the fair. 19. All right. So, do you hold the dagger above your head? And you you try to you, you try to pull it back down and put it back in its sheath but you you just can't uh, give me an attack roll 12 all right so uh, you plunge the the dagger down into the back of uh, this wood elf here and you're gonna miss and the dagger goes into the his uh, bedroll pillow uh, at this point, give me a stealth check. Nine. All right. Um, so, Luna. I hear that. You heard that. Okay, I'm going to roll upright, look around, I'm going to see, I'm going to assess the situation, and I'm going to kick Juliet. And then I'm going to run over and I'm going to drop kick Alexander. You know, wrestling style. Double feet to the chest. Okay, go ahead and Alexander and Luno roll initiative. So, Luno, you wake up and you see Alexander crouch down over top of this, uh, this halfling or the half elf over here with the dagger in his pillow. Um, Juliet, are you waking up? Yes. Alright, so you're going to see much the same thing. And I'm going to roll now that everybody is getting up. 
Um, I'm going to roll perception checks for Aris and Matt. Do, do I... Is passive perception? They're asleep, so maybe not. Uh, yeah, that would be their passive perception, which is... 12. So, they they would hear what's going on, because you rolled a 9 on that check. Wow, way to, ro- way to keep my rolls against me. <laughs> Thought we had something, Kevin. Can't believe we're playing by the rules. All right. Uh, so, Juliet, are you getting into initiative? Yes. Oh, let me roll that. Shoot. It's a natural twenty, which goes to a nineteen. <laughs> a nineteen point zero eight. Yeah. Let it be known. All right. Um, so I will let you let you go first, and then. Aris and Matt will be waking up next round. Alright, so Juliet, you go first. What are you doing? Alright, so the scene is set that Alexander is about to stab him. Uh, it looks like he's tried to stab him, but has oh, missed, okay. and the, the dagger is currently planted into this uh, uh, bedroll. Alright, Juliet's going to leap up and try and grapple Alexander to stop him from continuing. Alright. Uh, give me a opposed uh, athletic checks and Alexander, you can either use athletics or acrobatics if you're trained. Both of those are awful. Or or I guess it'd just be your decks then. Acrobatics uh, has three. Twelve. And uh, Alexander, your acrobatics was seven. So, uh, Juliet, you are able to run over here out of the camp and uh, tackle Alexander and grapple him. Alexander, what the heck are you doing? Uh, Don't really have much agency right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for uh, Juliet. And then you hear another uh, voice that sounds like him but like not it's much more gravelly say you'll be next lizard woman <laughs> alright uh Luno you're up does Talia hear any of this uh what's your passive perception 10 uh yeah you would hear it okay I'll, I'll wait until after Luno I just want to know what's going on Everybody's going to be awake here pretty soon. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Luna, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to use my action, just in case, to slip into my Jacques McSweeney disguise. And I'm going to walk over there and say, Okay, Alexander, it is, or, Alexander, is this going to be, no, that's, that's Scottish. But then they get that French. Be French? Okay. And Alexander, is this going to be a problem? Do we need to do something about this? Wait, he's only not Alexander anymore. What was it? Your fake name. I don't know. Rod Maybe Swanson. I kill you before you figure out. Rod Swanson. Rod Swanson. Yeah, that's going to be a, a problem. Do we? Maybe we should just get him and drop his body in the river. All right. Is that it for your turn? Yes. All right, Alexander, you are up. Um me another acrobatics or athletics check 
to uh, try to get out of uh, Juliet's arms. Nice. 22 to acrobatics. 18 to athletics. All right, so uh, Alexander, you are able to slip out of her grasp. That would be it for your action. So next would be uh, Juliet again. Um, at some point, can Talia get in this? Yeah, go ahead and put yeah, yourself Talia in initiative. Get in. Cool. Thank you. All right, okay. uh, Juliet, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Juliet is going to cast a spell on him. And Are you a hex girl? Gonna be... What's that? Hex girl? <laughs> uh, Juliet is going to cast... Uh... Oh, I don't know. Uh... Old person. Okay. No, I don't have hold person repaired. I don't have any of that stuff repaired. Um, Juliet is going to slap Alexander to get him out of it. Okay, roll an attack roll. 20 to hit. Does that hit you? I think so, right? Yeah, that'll hit him. All right, he's so got like an AC of 14. Damage. Okay. <laughs> Alexander, snap out of it. Uh, do- doesn't appear to have any effect. God damn it. Uh, Luna. Alright, I'm gonna, uh, dash across, well, not, not, not dash, dash, but just go across, grab my quarterstaff, and come back and start dealing subdual damage to Alexander. This shit isn't cool. Okay. Alright, attacking Alexander. It's like a new album. Okay, so 15 to hit the first time. I don't know Alexander's AC. But he wouldn't have been wearing armor, so probably not high. Uh, it would be his regular AC is 15, but uh, he wears leather armor, so he could sleep in it. Okay. Well, either way, 15 hit, so that's 9 damage. Uh-oh. Crit. 28 more damage. Or 28 to hit, so uh, 13 more damage. And roll the crit chart. I'm not trying to kill you, but I'm not trying not to kill you too much so, so what's the what's the damage from the crits and I rolled a 12 for the crit but 13 okay. more damage from the crit okay 12 fleet of foot you quickly attack your opponent and can shift up your movement even if you've already used your move action another creature is within your movement you can make a basic melee attack on that creature spellcasters can make a melee or cast a free cantrip so <laughs> another basic attack from that for another seven damage. All right, and let's see. I'm gonna just gonna go ahead and do a, a quick bonus strike. I can use up any of my chi points on this. Oh, down on this. So all total nine plus thirteen is twenty-two plus seven more is twenty-nine damage to Alexander. Subduel, trying not to kill him. And Alexander is gonna okay. turn around in that other unearthly voice say I'll kill you too well and next up is Talia what are you doing so Talia was in the tent uh, like a fool and so she's gonna come out and just be like hey what the hell is going on 
the dagger thing, you know. It's such a pain in the ass. Wait, we do know about this, right? Yeah. Yeah, he told us. Okay, yeah. And then Talia is going to... <laughs> throw a dagger at him. <laughs> throw a dagger at him. <laughs> 16. Oh, really? I was joking. Ah, <laughs> uh, that hits. Talia doesn't fuck around. Uh, and then offhand. Oh, God. 20. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's just going to kind of catch her daggers again and then shrug and be like, Don't I mean, if this attack. is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, sneak attack. <laughs> non-lethal damage. I don't <laughs> know that you can do non-lethal with a rage. You cannot... Oh, well, yeah. then, sorry, Alexander. Uh, <laughs> yeah, down. All right. He's down, I mean. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> around this time, Bryn, uh, Aris, and Matt are going to wake up. Vikala is still asleep, and so is uh, uh, the two boatmen, and Yev is starting to rouse, and you hear... Aris look over and sees this fight happening basically uh, over top of his brother Ren gets up on his uh, on his elbows and pulls out a dagger and says what goes on here it was dinner theater Alexander was going crazy so we stopped him um, I don't suppose any of you have healing magics because now he has two knives embedded in him no, they're back in my hands. Oh, right. <laughs> well, what do, you, what do you mean he went crazy? Uh, he just started attacking. You, he was going after Ren, but said something about killing us all, so... Yeah. And Ren looks down at, uh... He's waking up, too, and he's on his, uh... Up on his elbows and sees this, uh, stab... Uh, cut through his, uh, bedroll... And he looks at that and then looks at Alexander, who's still holding that dagger, and says, uh, well, why, why, why would he do that? I ain't nothing done nothing to him. We say the words crazy. He was crazy. He went crazy. And Aris says, uh, does this happen often? How could you travel with a person like that? It's actually never happened before. Talia's gonna be wiping off her daggers on her sleeves. Just never see this happen before. That's right. You haven't seen it happen before. No. The one person who has he, he isn't here. Yep. So uh, Matt's gonna go over. He's gonna wake up uh, Yev and explain the situation. What's going on? And Yev says, uh, "Well." Well, what what are we gonna do about this? Uh, looks like your your friend's bleeding out over there. Oh yeah, CPR. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> uh, around this time, uh, Vic, Vic will have gotten up and come over and assess the situation, and uh, does lay on hands and brings him back up to five hit points. Uh, Alexander, give me another uh, charisma save. Nine. <laughs> so, uh. I thought we had a rule about, uh. 
a thing people love before we hear them. Vigalia says, I was not aware of that rule. So, uh... Keep it in mind. For the future. Alexander is, uh... Going to uh, try to get to his feet and lunge at Vic. Uh, give me an attack roll, Alexander. Arg, nineteen. <laughs> uh, probably hit. Yeah, roll your damage. Will hit because she's not sleeping in her armor, is she? No. Four damage. All right. So uh, she winces back uh, from this dagger that's left like this. Uh, black smoke coming from the wound and now Aris, Matt, and Ren are going to get into the initiative <laughs> this is going downhill really fast yes it is <laughs> R.I.P. Alexander it's been nice playing you All right. do you have plans for your next character? a few uh, Juliet you're up what are you going to do? I'm going to punch Alexander some dual damage, or I guess non-lethal they call it in this edition. Yeah, and you can call it too when you knock somebody unconscious, or knock them to zero. Ooh, only a ten. Except you can't knock somebody unconscious with a thrown dagger. Talia. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you can't uh, do I don't that think a it. ten hits, right? No, it doesn't. Alright, you should have advantage. Juliet. Oh yeah, you do have it. What, oh, uh, yeah. N- yeah, you do. Flanking? Yeah, with Luna. Alright, let me try this advantage. A nine. Okay. Uh, that's it for Juliet. <laughs> I want to point out that you have a plus seven to your attacks somehow. Yep. And you still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now it's me again. All right. I'm going to be doing non-lethal damage. Going to just punch and smack the fuck out of him. 29 more damage. He should be back down. Oh, uh, yeah. He's back out. At this time, I say we either throw him in the river or we tie him up before we bring him back into consciousness. Yes? Ours. Toyo looks at her daggers and, and says, I mean, I feel like we should just end it for him. I think that might be best. Are you two that callous? At least try and get him some help. We'll tie him up and then bring him up to, and I'll keep watch on him tonight. It is your responsibility. If he kills anyone, you will have to clean it up. Also, with yes, the books, yes, you will I have know. to clean it up. I'll stay up with you, Juliet. Thank you, dear. Uh, uh, not Juliet. I, I will say whatever name that she is pretending to go by at this time. <laughs> <laughs> and For legal reasons, that's a lie. So, you have to say... It's, it's like a totally different person. He's like a wild animal. He's not even like a person. Ains my suggestion of the river. I've heard Dragon Lady here has volunteered to watch after him. That is on her. Do you have any idea of what could have caused that? Was he, Did he get in, a, get, get in, the, in the wrong way with like, a, with like a magic user or something and got a got a curse or did he eat some bad mushrooms or I don't think that venison was bad I think it may have been stress on his mind we've been through quite a lot and he's had to do a lot of killing it might have just overwhelmed him oh like that PTSD I've been hearing about exactly 
opposed hey, to a sorry to sorry, Quick question: Has uh, I haven't been healed, have I? Uh, you've been uh, locked in, cut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so oh, I'm not dead. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure if I should be making death saving throws. Yeah, right, Juliet's going to be tying up Alexander, um, so if I can heal him safely. Yeah, you are currently at uh, zero hit points, but you're stable. They were using non-lethal. Oh, some this time. Talia's just going to walk up to you and just poke you for one hit point. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic two death save fails. No, she won't do that yet. Just going to poke you a little bit. And uh, Ren's going to say, well, I- I'm going to stay up with you and help keep watch. I-, I don't think I could sleep now anyway, but you you just keep him away from me. And uh, Oh, I'll make sure you're safe. And they said, uh, well, well uh, yeah, I was going to say, well, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to be able to sleep well with uh, him so close. Can, why don't you take him out of the camp a little bit? That way we got plenty of warning if he gets loose or something. Juliet's going to drag him over to this bale of hay in this cart. I don't know if that's actually there. That is. And, uh, okay. She's going to kind of lean against the hay for some comfort and Alexander's going to be like right on the ground uh, and Juliet's just going to keep watch alright so everybody goes to uh, back to sleep at this point it's probably about 4 o'clock in the morning when this happened um, so it's not very long till uh, dawn and uh, everybody wakes back up and uh, starts uh, making some, uh, breakfast out of what was left over from this venison and uh, Eris, uh, Ren, and Matt um, are going to say that uh, they're going to head back down into the woods on their way back home. And uh, yeah, says so. I guess here's a here's the matter of the boat now. I, I don't know that I necessarily feel safe uh, taking y'all now that you know you got your friend there that went a little crazy. Okay, so now it's just Matt by himself? No, Matt, Wren, and, and Eris, the hunters, they, they're they taken back off down into the woods. So you got Yev and then the two boat people, uh, his two uh, boat hands. Um, and maybe we could increase your pay, hazard pay, if you will? Well... You could put him on a dinghy, drag him from the back. Uh, we don't really have anything like that. Um, maybe if you had like a, I don't know, a, a door or plank of wood. But I don't know. It, you do, can, wait, can, a bag of holding. We could sticking out. <laughs> a, a what? A bag of holding. Can slice his way out. Well, I mean. <sighs> you could promise me that he ain't gonna get out and you keep an eye on him maybe I, I, I can take you down to Hedgedale but I'm just really I'm just real shook right now going to say in Draconic maybe we should just you know kill them all and and head on down I don't really want people talking about this this is Juliet's a gonna angrily hiss back what are you talking about? 
We're keeping Alexander, and we're going to Kala, and that's no, final. Um, we keep uh, fine. We'll keep Alexander alive, but we don't have any real connection to these guys, and we don't want them to talk, do we? We're not going to kill them. Why would we do that? Because none of us can talk about the guy who went crazy and tried to kill everyone. But okay, all right. As Yev watches this uh, this conversation that gets heated, and he's just like. It's like back and forth, like watching a tennis match, and you see him getting really uncomfortable. <laughs> very well. We are going to tie him very, very firmly with his head just above the water. How about this? He will not be on the boat. And then if he gets free, he will just be in the water. I will tie him up and keep him safe, and he will be my responsibility. But we're not putting him on the side of the boat above the water that's ridiculous yeah how are, how are, yeah how is it gonna hold me by my neck hey you're not <laughs> awake I, i'm being meta leave me alone i just want to make a joke coo, about being held by my neck meta gaming pigeon that is i okay so uh yes as well uh, i guess you keep him up here near the the front of the boat and and tied up and keep watch on him uh, i guess i'll feel safe enough but my my price just went up that's gonna be another 20 gold juliet's gonna hand them 20 gold and uh he takes it and says well you you all just go ahead and take your friend and get him up here on the the front of the boat and uh we'll start loading up well very well friend like, how is he tied? Like, did we hog tie him? Do we put a stick through his arms and legs and carry him on the boat like that? Or. Spit I was thinking him. a stick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking we mummify him. I don't think that's such a good idea. Actually, if we had a cleric, we could keep knocking him unconscious and use Spare the Dying. Does Vic have Spare the Dying? We could just be punching him the whole ride. She, uh, I think she does have Spare the Dying. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, let's not do that. Vicky would get <laughs> having to waste her time on that. Uh, we'll keep him tied up uh, with a stick behind his back so he's tied to something sturdy, at least. Juliet's going to be holding him uh, firmly at the front of the boat. And hopefully Vicala will heal him so he is back up to a reasonable amount of HP. And, and Talia is going to be sitting with Juliet with her daggers in her hands. <laughs> oh, how safe. I'll be right back. I recommend you stab him over and over again the first time he tries to kill anyone. So, uh, the boat gets loaded back up, and the, uh, the boatmen here push off the, the shore, and you start making your way down river. Alexander, you are having, uh, you're having a bad day. Um,. Now that you're unconscious, you are back in that dream of being inside the dagger. And you were just being tortured with, like, the screams and cries of your your parents. And you hear Jarek in the background screaming. And the whole time, uh, Ornan is chasing you through this void. Um, you do have some brief moments of consciousness and uh, Juliet and... Talia are going to see you stir a little bit and open your eyes 
Uh, but your eyes are rolled back in your head, and you're almost immediately back unconscious. And this is going to go on for probably the most of your trip. Let me move you back over here to the world map. So you're back out on the water, and you are currently around in the Milan area. Uh, you cross this fork, and about 10 hours later, you are going to find yourselves uh, docking at Hedgedell. Um, it's starting to get about dusk when you dock. You look around the town, and um, for it getting near dusk, most towns are, you know, shutting down for the day as there's, you know, they've got to get up early next today to uh, to farm or do their chores or whatnot. Uh, the town seems to be coming alive at this point. You see children running around the streets, and you know there's music in the air, and you're seeing some vendors. Um, set up some food stands and some stands where people can get ill and as you see these children running around the streets you're going to notice that they are wearing these uh, raven masks and they appear to be singing and, and taunting each other and uh, chasing each other around the streets with uh, sticks so, yes the famous festival of the raven queen of Estelle where people murder one another festively in the streets. Very well known to the dwarves. I'm not sure that's actually it, but maybe it is a Raven Queen kind of thing. I can't imagine why people would otherwise wear those kinds of masks. Yeah, it says, uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't think that's a thing, uh, Mr., uh, what was it, Jacques? Jacques McSweeney, or the Glenn McSweeney. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, uh, Clam McSweeney. Um, yeah, that's not really a thing. Yeah, uh, this is the festival of the night. Uh, it pays homage to the Raven Queen. It's uh, pretty big here. With their uh, proximity to that spooky witching woods and the Raven Queen temple up there to the west, um, they just got done with the harvest and the nights are getting a little bit longer. It's uh, their way of driving off the evil spirits of the night and... Uh, the spirits out there in the woods. Uh, it's also for honoring their ancestors who've passed. I doubt many actual worshippers of the Lady of uh, Death are out here, but uh, they do ask for her protection for their dearly departed. A little superstitious if you ask me, but uh, you know, who am I to judge? It's still a good time. They got food and music and games and stories. This goes on for a few nights. We're actually kind of lucky to get here on the first night. It starts uh, three nights before the new moon, I think. And on that last night, they have this huge bonfire and they light up the whole town with torches and candles, drive away the darkness till the morning. And they have this competition between these people they call the champions of the queen. And uh, they have to stay up all night, keep the torches and fires lit. It's more a drinking contest than anything else, and uh, the winner gets this cloak made of raven feathers that they keep until the next festival. It's kind of a thing. I don't get it, but like I said, who am I to judge? But, uh, yeah, you get a couple of these townies into their drinks, 
They'll tell you about this thing that some of them young bucks do to test their bravery. They go out into the Raven Queen Temple on the last night of the festival, and they have to stay inside the whole night. They say no one ever makes it the whole night, though. They say you used to do this thing where the Bravens would go out in the woods looking for the witch out there, but they say they haven't done that in about 20 years or so, because some of them didn't come back. They look like Pike Doctors. Mm. Talia's gonna kind of shiver. And around that time, uh, you're on the docks and you see this this group of kids running down the street, chasing a uh, another kid who is in like this long black wig uh, down the street, and they're all wearing uh, the the kids chasing this kid in the black wig. You're all wearing ravens uh, heads. And uh, one of them is going to come up to you and, like, kind of poke you with the, the stick. You're dead. Dead for good. Ain't no coming back for you. And then is going to take off uh, running down the street after the other kids. That is grossly offensive. I am not dead. Hmm. Talia, please don't use actual knives during this holiday. What if I'm to? What if you're supposed to use knives to kill people? Like kids? Is that the question? No! No! What if like there's some game where I have to throw knives? I'm really good at that. Oh. That makes more sense. I think that's more of an adult game. But let us find an inn. And we can decide what we are going to do about uh, Rod Swanson. Does everyone have camouflage? And actually, Alexander, are you are you fine to you know continue on? Mm, am I, Kevin? Uh, are, you probably regain consciousness about an hour before um, you made dock at Hedgedale. At this point, um, you're no longer under the influence of uh, Ornon. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm a newly unpossessed man. What languages does Alexander speak? So it's common. You said you're a new man, and and yeah, says the that's fine and good yeah, and all, but uh, if you could please get off my boat as soon as possible, that sure would be appreciated. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm tired of being on a boat. Thank you for your services, good sir. Perhaps we should part ways now. I, I think it'd be for the best. Alright, so we untie Alexander and step off the boat. Well, like you suggested, um... Mr. Jacques... Mr. McSweeney. We will go to an inn and see where we go from there. Sound good to everyone? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. We are going to try and find it in. All right. So um, you head off the docks here, and Hitchdale's a fairly good-sized village. Um, you know, you estimate it's probably about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile, about like an eighth of a mile. There appears to be, you know, um, a fair amount of uh, businesses here. There's probably about two dozen shops and you're seeing some vendors 
pop up on the street and um, you're seeing people that are kind of finely dressed uh, some that appear to be you know people that live in town and um, some others that are a little bit more uh, poorly dressed in uh, what appears to be like farmers clothes that have uh, come out of the uh, the farms uh, near the town Everybody seems to be having a great time. There's the smell of like roast pork and chicken and mutton in the air. Uh, as you go through these stands, you see street meat vendors. Uh, there's people who have stands with like uh, these apples um, that appear to have uh, some sort of like caramel coating on them um, with uh, a likeness of a raven on them. Um, with like the the stick being the uh, the uh, beak of the raven. As you walk through these stands, you're also going to see some vendors who appear to be uh, selling some of these masks of these uh, ravens. Uh, but everybody's out on the street. Uh, their kids, like I said, are, are running through the streets here, chasing each other with these raven masks on. Um, there's some musicians out on the street um, where there's like this. Uh, uh, makeshift stage and everybody generally seems to be having a pretty great time as the uh, sun sets uh, they bring out the torches and um, the atmosphere is getting a little bit more raucous as uh, everybody has uh, been into the ale at this point or their wine uh, but eventually um, you are going to come to one of the, the larger buildings in here uh, on this uh, main street going through the town that has the likeness of a raven um, over the door and it actually is called the Raven's Crest. It is a three-story building. Uh, it looks like it's uh, not rough wood but it hasn't been whitewashed or anything like that. Um, there's several uh, horses that are tied out in front you see some men and women who are out on the front covered porch of this place that uh, appear to be drinking and smoking pipes and laughing and telling stories. Looks lively, lively enough. Let's go. Alright, so you walk in and it is a very large common room uh, that appears to be packed. Um, there's probably... 25 or 30 tables and um, every seat appears to be taken um, there's a lot of people standing in the room milling about talking there's lots of laughter um, you know the strong smell of uh, spilled L that's hit the floor and uh, as uh, people are bumping into each other and and dancing and moving around uh, you make your way to the bar and you are going to see a human woman behind the bar who apparently is putting together uh, drink orders uh, for the servers who are uh, moving back and forth between the tables. Greetings, good woman. I'm Jack McSweeney, the Glenn McSweeney. I require lodgings for myself and my companions. Uh, how, how many How many you got? Five. Five? Five. Uh, I mean, we're kind of full up because of, well, the, the festival. Um, I might have one room. I don't know that you'd be comfortable all sleeping in it. It's kind of one of the smaller ones, but um, we have 
I don't want to say lodging, but some people can stay out in the, the hayloft in the stable if you need be. I believe that would be acceptable for my servants. How much will it be for this lodging? Uh, that, that'll that be uh, five gold pieces. That is exorbitant. Well, I mean, it is festival rate, and then you got hospitality tax for the, the city. That makes no sense to me, but I will pay. Here you go, here is five gold. Well, uh, if anybody would exp- know what supply and demand is, I'd think it'd be a dwarf, but sure. <laughs> so I hand over the five gold. Okay, and she takes the uh, the five gold and hands you a key and says, uh, it's, uh, it's up on the third floor on the right, two doors down. It's uh, room 33, can't miss it. Y'all want anything to drink? Um, we should probably... Can we secure the loft as well? Oh, yeah, that's sure. You could do that. And how much would that be? Uh, I'll just let you sleep out there since you paid for a room. Awesome. How much would it be to make sure no one else does? Uh, well, I mean, we don't really guard the, the stables, so, I mean, any drunk could come out there and, and climb in, I guess, but, you know... I think that'd be up to you. Okay. Uh, Talia's going to look very pointedly at Juliet and say, I think that's where we'll stay with Dad, right? And she's going to look over at Alexander since you know, they're both <laughs> humans and that makes sense. Oh, um, right. Yes. Uh, the innkeeper is going to say, uh, well, I don't know what your, your plans are, but uh, we got a special treat tonight. Um, we got Bartleby the Bard's gonna be in town. Uh, he's supposed to be here any minute. And then right around that time, um, as she says that, you are going to see this uh, tall, gray-haired man uh, with uh, this long hair and a long gray beard walk uh, through the doors. And he's wearing this large red hat and uh, red cloak. Like, think uh, Monty Python Spanish Inquisition like red hat, like cardinal hat, um, and comes in and um, pulls out a lute and strums a chord and says, friends, I am here. And you see everybody turn and just lose their mind. Um, You would recognize this uh, as a pretty famous bard. He is uh, one of the bards in that uh, Crossbows and Daisies. You recognize him from the Tower of Insight that uh, you hire to cause the distraction. <laughs> so uh, everybody's uh, going nuts and he walks up on stage and uh, says, uh, where should I begin? Oh, I know. To tell that most of you, I would assume all of you, if you're from Hedgedale, would recognize a tale of woe and tragedy that happened on this very night several years ago. The tale of the tragedy of Jarek the Entertainer. And I think that's where we'll end it right there. Nice. Tale as old as time. Death as old as rhyme. Alexander and the dagger. Murdering hobos uh, in the street. Shane, I'm super sorry. That's fine. I feel bad. You gotta do what you gotta do. It's uh, it's just, it's getting serious. You've ignored this problem for too long. 
Yeah, we've really thrown to the wind the phrase, take care of yourself. <laughs> Either we should let him just start murdering townspeople, or we should kill him that's, and dump his body. That's the murder. plan. Yeah, those are really the only two options at this point. My we, plan was, uh, true. I was just gonna go invisible and then find some drunk people, like somebody drunk in a fucking abandoned alley, and then cast Major Illusion so it's kind of soundproof and nobody can get in, and then just narc them. I mean, that's the third option. I mean, or I could just feed the dagger. Yeah, I was gonna say, maybe we should look for a cleric or something. Yeah, we can We can do that, we but I mean, is there somebody powerful? Well, you already met, like, a major evil cleric, and she couldn't really do anything about it. Yeah. That's why I say we just kill him. Hey. Well, maybe, is... maybe if we learn more about the bard, Jared, we can figure out something about the dagger and how to deal with it. Pretty sure they killed him. I'm standing right here, dude. Yeah, you really what? don't know the, uh, the whole tale. Maybe you could oh, find out from the bard the who's getting ready to tell it. <gasps> yeah, Smith. What? That sounds like a good idea, Kevin. I'm not sure if we can handle that. But we also have a t town full of festival goers. I think just murdering a couple of people here in town would probably be a good stopgap for now. Yeah, um, I mean... I just like... Oh, go sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, in uh, all the confusion, who's going to miss a couple of farmers, right? <laughs> Someone will, and that's the problem. Or... Ain't got money for no lawyers. Uh, what were you gonna say, Shane? Or not Shane, uh, Blake. Blake. Blake, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, everyone write down on your character sheets that we're gonna buy masks, because that's gonna be critical to keeping our identities somewhat secret. I am Jack Pink Sweeney. I do not need to give my identity secret. Yeah, spread the McSweeney name. So I, that's going to do it for this week, and uh, hopefully everybody will be back next week. And uh, we'll uh, try to sandbag an episode, because next week is going to be the bonus episode of Jarek the Entertainer. That story will finally be told. Huzzah. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling-sized favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. As an important, powerful, and wealthy person, it could be so hard to stand out in the crowd these days. Make a statement wherever you go with the latest in forward-thinking fashions from Marcus's Haute Couture. We have the finest materials from all corners of Suel, exotic dyes in every shade of the rainbow, and unrivaled craftsmanship. Whether it's your wedding, a graduation, a holiday, or a coronation. We have a style for any occasion that will make you look your best. They will know you came to Marcus as soon as you walk into the room. Located in the finest shopping district in Conley and the world, you can find us in the North Market. 
Marcus's haute couture, because you are worth it. The music you heard on this episode was At Rest, Shadowlands 1, Horizon, The Descent, Evening of Chaos, Long Road Ahead, Village Consort, and Minstrel Guild by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.